1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You are
0: you now, are now listening, listening, to listening to The, the war, Report. war Report. Wednesday, Wednesday night. Night, night war, war. war. Room. 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 With your host, host.
2: c It's your boy the Walker. I, I got my boys with me.
0: Mike, Mike, G.
2: Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development.
0: Ice Jones. I- I-
2: Stop thinking with
1: your emotions
0: and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? ready? Because we we are now now locked and 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 loaded for the Wednesday Night War. Let's go!
2: Woo! We are in here on a Wednesday Night War Report family. Yes, sir. Welcome. Guys, how are you feeling tonight? It's Wednesday, A-Day is in a few days. It's almost like we got football coming. A little bit. Man, it is time. It is time. A little bit. It is time. It is
1: time. I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. It's going to be a good time if the weather holds up, you know.
2: Yeah, listen, uh, they they forecasted some rain. Um, It looks like it's going to hit early in the morning and hopefully be clear to mild by uh, 1 p.m. Central when A-Day is slated to start. Um, so we'll keep our fingers crossed that they'll actually have good weather today so we can get a good look at a at the preview of what we're going to see this fall. Um, I see that our usuals are following in here. I want to recognize Big and B-Ham becoming a member. Welcome to Inside hey, yes, of Mind. What's up, man? What's up? Right. Um, George Miller, I see you in here. Auburn Dad for Life, Dallas Schwartz, Patrick Perry. Listen, um, we have the best community. We got the best Auburn community. On the internet, hands down. That's true. Uh, I've been completely blown away uh, by the amount of support and uh, the conversation that, that happens in our group. So, um, you know, let's dig right into this. A day, what are we expecting here? Uh, if um, if you get, if you're a part of our community, you may have seen I and I went on uh, Mark Rogers TV, the voice of college football. Yep. Uh, to talk a little uh, A day preview. Uh, we talked a little Bo Nix. We talked a little Brian Harson. Um, and he had some questions about you know what do we expect to see here. So, uh, B, I'm gonna start with you. What do you expect to see Saturday? What are you looking
0: for Saturday during A day? Man, it, it's it's got to be the quarterback situation. That's it. That's all I want to see. Everything else, I have confidence in resolving itself. O-line. O-line and, and quarterback are kind of on the same page as far as what we think we have and what we've seen over the last two years as far as production and, and consistency. And they, they're both suffering it at about the same clip. There's no way of knowing what we're going to get. There's no way of knowing how far behind the eight ball the O-line was simply because of coaching and system before. Um, there's no way of knowing the same for for the quarterback position, whether it's bowl. Or somebody different because the guys behind Bo didn't get any quality instruction if the starter didn't. So uh, we're it's all a big question, Mark. My my number one question that I want to see a lot. But what do I think we'll find out? I think we'll find out. How much progress has Bo made in these four weeks? That's what we'll find out. We'll see if that whole making the same mistake twice remark was very pointed or not. Um that sounds like a guy who's who whose number one quarterback was doing some of the same things over and over again that he shouldn't have been doing. And that was right. Brian Harson being nice about it. Um not even nice about it. He was just saying it direct without throwing Bo under the bus. There's no bus riding yet, you know, the bus bus is gone. So um that that's it. So did he specifically say the quarterback position is who was making the repeated mistakes? He didn't. And so that that's why it's it's an assumption to say right. He's talking about Bo, but how many mistakes do other players on the offense or defense get to make? Like you you're not over Our offensive line.
1: Offensive line could be like that's true. blocking responsibilities that's true. could be wrong, right? right? Like it's like we listen, we've gone over this three times. When we're doing this, you step first with your right foot, and this is how you do the slide protection when we
2: call this audible. It could be an offensive line mistake
1: that's happening consistently. It could be, yeah, it listen, could be.
2: listen. At the end of the day, Harson did he talked specifically about Bo, right? And he said that, um, you know, he's got to be better under pressure. And you're not always going to get a clean pocket. Don't, boy, right. anybody jumps down my throat. This is, these are Harson's words. You're not always going to get a clean pocket in the SEC. And your decision-making under pressure just it just has to improve, right? You know, um, there is a lot of misconceptions about how, how many times that Bo actually threw the ball away last year. He didn't throw the ball away that much. You know, and, yeah, and, and with Harson, all the way more. Way more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's kind of what Harson was driving at. Right. Like, you know, uh, what kind of decisions are you going to make when the pressure is on? Because sometimes the best play to make is no play. Right. And live the fight another day. Right. So, yeah. Now, so he did specifically right. say that about both. Right? right. Like, there's no,
1: no uh, mincing words. He was specific. Well, he was specifically talking to our quarterbacks. Um, In general, about a lot right. of things, but but he, uh, basically, the idea, um, is that and and we know this is a problem that Bo has had of you know wanting to try to do too much on a play. He's like, Listen, we've got to figure out how to not throw the ball to the other team, it's okay, <laughs> right. it's all right for us to, to to fight for another down by throwing the ball away or throwing it to a check down. You just pick up two or three yards. He and I think his quote was, We want every possession to end in a kick right whether that's an extra point a punt or a field goal mm-hmm. right like he wants every possession to end in a kick so no turnovers whether that's on downs or fumbles or uh, interceptions we're just not going to be giving the other team the ball right. uh, is what his, his his goal is
2: well I'll tell you what here's what Harson owes Bo or anybody who's playing quarterback he owes him them some competent plays with some options mm-hmm. to throw the ball to yep they owe that to this offensive line. They owe that to these receivers because these guys, um, by all you know, uh, our from what we can see, are working their asses off right now. And come fall, they're going to have to trust that the coaches are going to call the right plays to put them in the right positions for everybody to make a play, not just both. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking. That's what I am looking for. I'm looking for some coaching competence. You know, because I know I know a lot of uh, eyes will be on the players, but I'm watching the coaches, man. Like you know, if, if the players are buying in and they look like they know what their assignments are, I expect the defense to make some plays. You know, I won't be upset if the defense wins a day. I won't at all. Right. And I don't think that that will indicate that we're going to have offensive struggles in the fall. Yeah. I hope that you know going one v ones. I saw there was a comment here at early asking me if they if they're going one v ones yet. The answer is yes. They are doing one v ones in practice, and yeah. uh, hopefully, this is the toughest competition that our offense is going to see all year in practice mm-hmm. on our practice field because we have had championship level defenses. So, you know, that's what uh, I'm I'm hoping to see. So, we talk a lot about offense. Ike, I want to go back to you on the defensive side of the ball. What are you hoping to see uh, this a day from from uh, Derek Mason's defense? Yeah,
1: I mean, I talked about this a little bit when we talked with Mark Rogers. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, that's live on his channel, the uh, Voice of College Football. Uh, really, for me, it's going to be a trenches thing, right? I really want to see what the defensive line looks like. We talked about this a little bit Sunday with the transition of J.J. Pegues over to the defensive line. Uh, it had me wondering, is our defensive line not solid as far as depth? I'm not saying we don't have three, maybe four solid starters there, but like, can we go and rotate those guys out and have enough depth to be able to play uh you know mixed fronts, right? Which is something that we've heard that they're gonna do. You know, we, we know they're transitioning to a three, four, likely as the base defense, but there will be some four man fronts. They even talked about having right. the odd five man front as well. Right. So do we have enough defenders to be able to do all of the things as multiple as they want to be up front? Um And with J.J. moving over there, I want to see how he's going to perform. Um, You know, we've heard lore of, you know, the two sack day that he had his first day really in a, a scrimmage. Um, But is that something that we're going to be able to rely on consistently? Is that a product of our offensive line or is this guy really just going to be beastly like that? Right. So I'm going to be looking pretty heavily at that. Um, I think the only other thing that I'm going to be looking at specifically is the outside linebackers. I'm pretty confident in our inside linebacking core um, that we have with the guys returning, as well as, um, you know, Wesley Steiner apparently is getting a lot of running uh, inside linebacker. Um And, uh, I think Cam Riley is playing some inside linebacker, but like guys like Romelo height, right. Who was out for the majority of last year with an injury, um, guys like, uh, Moultrie TD Moultrie, who is going to be out there. You know, I want to see what that outside linebacking group is going to look like. Um, so I'm not worried about the defensive backfield at all. You notice I'm not saying anything about them. I think we're deep enough there. I think we're talented enough. There should not be a huge problem, but, um, the front seven, uh, with whoever that's going to be, um, minus you know Papo and McLean, uh, that's where my eyes are going to be focused defensively.
2: Mm, B, what are you looking for on defense here
0: this Saturday? Defense, man, I want to see interior line. Um, I've heard a lot about uh, Derek Hall on the edge. He's mm-hmm. he's showing, he's flashing, he's consistent, and that's what you want to hear coming out of the camp. I want to hear who is everybody talking about, and I'm glad everybody's talking about him. But um, we lost our, our the guy who was flashing the most on the inside when Wright got hurt. Um, they're moving Pagese, and and me and I both think it's mostly out of, out of need. So, yeah, I want to see what our interior line looks like. Who, who's getting snaps? I know we got Burks on the inside, too. Truesdale's back. Um, Pagese mm-hmm. is there now. Um, there's one more I'm missing. But the edges should be remarkable, considering that Wooden is back. Paul is flashing. Then we're going to get two... Very One very productive guy from Northwestern here in a few months. And then we've got Mm. um, a very high-ranked recruit coming off the edge uh, a month or so after that. So listen, we're going to have at least four qualified edge rushers. And we haven't had any the last two years, honestly. I mean, Marlon Davidson did some of everything because he could, but that wasn't his natural position. So um, I'm glad we're going to have the outside figured out. I want to know what the inside is going to look like just moving over the defensive line for a week. I mean, that's, listen, man, he's got a long way to go and it's not that he can't be effective in, in spring camp and in a day, but I don't think our offensive line is the gold standard of what we need to be measuring ourselves against right now. And that's, um, I mean, that's just being honest. We, we've watched tape. <laughs> we know what our offensive line looks like. So right. um, yeah. even though they can improve, I think it's going to be a long time before they really come into their own. They've got to repetitions man um offense especially and especially an offensive line uh for for offensive linemen they have to play together they have to communicate with each other more than probably i don't want to say more than any position group the secondary needs to communicate a lot as well but um I, I i don't think that the offensive line is going to be the best they can be until probably that four game on honestly and right. and that's right. just the reality so i don't think piggies measured up against our current offensive line or our offensive line on Saturday is a true measurement of what he's going to be. I hope if he's going to be there, that he wants to be there, that he enjoys playing that position. And if both of those things are true, then I hope he's productive there for a really long time. I I don't want the guy hammering away at a a block and he doesn't want to be doing it. So um, interior is what I'm most worried about.
2: Yeah, you know, defensively, I'm 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 really excited to see uh what Drayshawn Miller is going to do uh, to help anchor this secondary. So secondary should be a strength for us. Um I'm 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 anxious to see the the JJ Pegis experiment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um I mean that's a big move uh that they made and I want to see if that's going to pay uh immediate dividends, you know, uh this spring. How how quickly is he picking that up, you know, uh, defensively? And then, you know, I just want to see these guys flying around the ball with lots of energy. Uh, you know, I want to see the offense be somewhat limited here uh, because if you can't play defense in our league, if you can't hold how high-powered offense is, uh, you know, to, to, to their season minimums or lows, right. then it's going to be a long season, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if our offense does not take the next step, we are going to be in a lot of grinded out fights and we're going to be leaning on our defense as we have traditionally over the last five, five, you know, eight years under Gus. Right. So yeah. um, we haven't talked a lot about special teams. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know how much about special teams we're going to learn. Yeah, this uh, very, very this little.
1: Like, right. you know, like punts aren't going to be live. They're not probably even going to be doing real kick returns. Um Uh, you know, field goal kicking maybe, but it's not going to be pressure situations. They're not going to be really rushing the kicker. um, So we won't get to see any like block formations coming from either field goals or punts. Mm -hmm. Um, I do. So punter is going to be an interesting situation. You know, Um, like I really do want to be able to see a punter that's got like a really booming leg. Like, I, I, I don't know why we can't really get those in here um the last couple of years it's just interesting you know we've been so good at recruiting field goal kickers but like just kind of decent on punters the last couple of times right right so, um which again Aiden Marshall's not bad like I'm not trying to act like he's a terrible punter he just doesn't have that thing, bro like he just kicked that more 60 yards kind of yeah, leg right yeah, right um But uh, I think, you know, I'd be interested to see kind of what the punting situation is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at the 15 minute mark, so I want to get to some of these comments here. Um, uh, JT Martin says, I want to see what this D-line look like if we get pressure this year. Top five defense. Top five defense. Nationally. Listen, I would love to see us have a top five defense. That would be wonderful.
1: Right. and so when we when we start measuring defense, right? So uh, we talk about top five defenses. Are we talking about scoring defense? Are we talking about in yards? Like, what metric do we want to see the defense improve? Mm, because scoring, scoring is all that matters. Scoring, I mean, it does. But flipping, like, when you have an offense that's been in it, flipping the field matters too, right? Because what happens with our defenses under Kevin Steele a lot is like they'll have a bunch of really great games, but then they'll have a bunch of games where it's a lot of bend but don't break. Right. They're giving up yeah. a bunch of yards. And then they're stopping people deep in mm. like, and so now our offense is having to dig itself out of a hole. Right. I would like to see a little bit more stingy a defense that's flipping fields more. Um, hopefully we get some more opportunistic defenses as well and turn up our our defense has been fairly opportunistic yeah. on the back end. We didn't see a lot of forced fumbles. Mm. Um, so hopefully that's gonna be a point of emphasis of actually getting the ball out for for tacklers. But I would really love to see our defense be better at stopping. Teams from getting y'all like just listen, steel curtain type of stuff, right? Right. Like, uh, I know that's going to be difficult just because there's a lot more passing that's going to be happening in the SEC these days, and scoring definitely matters, right? Like, you want to stop people from scoring, but I also want to be able to not feel like, oh my goodness, they're about to score, they're about to score, they're about to score, right? right.
2: right. All right, we stopped them, yeah. Well, uh, Billy Jones says that he thinks that the tight end group. Was just loaded. This is kind of where I was at. Uh, I didn't feel that way, right? Yeah, like no, I don't disagree that they're
1: loaded. I don't, but I my question. So uh, the question I asked Sunday was the same question: is loaded? Okay, great. So there's five, six guys in that tight end room where was J.J. Pegues ranked amongst those guys? Is he at the dead bottom of that? And so it's like, look, you're not really going to get much playing time at tight end because all of these guys rank ahead of you. We can use you on the defense. Let's get you over here, get playing time. Or is he like two or three and they're like making a real decision between which of these places can we put right. him? Um, you know, and, or then there is a third option of like, Listen, you're really talented, but we can afford to lose you in this tight end group. They need you on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Right. So that there's, there's places where that argument can go that there's room to, to not really under, not understand what the thought process was behind it. At the end of the day, as I said, Sunday, what matters to me is JJ is bought into it and then it pays dividends for him when it comes to him being able to be productive at the right, defensive line, right. because I
2: am fully certain if it does not work for him, he's not going to stay at all. Right. Yeah. Um, I go for AU. Tiger says, I feel like we can finally trust the words coming from the coaches. Uh, You know what? Again, we've said it over and over again. If they're selling snake oil, they're doing a really good job because I'm buying yeah. it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Low Note says he thinks that bowl will surprise us with better coaching. I think that that is everybody's hope. Um, yeah. Bob Edwards wants to know about Shale Garnett. Right. I, I think I think, right, I think I just want to know about every other quarterback. Yeah, who's going to be number two, right? So, uh, who's going to be number two, and that's the story. That's to me, that's the biggest storyline of A Day. Is do we see a clear a clear now pecking order? Now we're all resigned that Bo's going to start the season. You know how long he stays in that starting spot is really up to him. But uh, if he gets pulled or if he gets hurt, God forbid, uh, because we never want to see injuries. Do we have a competent? backup right like i think so is it going to be shell garnett do they decide to shelve Dem- demetrius davis for another year uh i mean I th- a lot of eyes are going to uh be on that right and so alabama prep says uh can jj go both ways i think that that's the plan sure. right now yeah i definitely think that that's the plan right now um bob edwards was in dc last week i'm super offended that you did not hit me up while you were here uh hit me up next time bro let's go get a beer <laughs> Um And then uh, Heath Denson says, I think the D-line may surprise some this weekend. Hearing nice comments from the coaches and like to see how Derek Hall does on the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brian,
0: what are your feelings about Derek Hall here? Well, yeah, like whenever I hear the same name every time a different assistant coach comes and talks to the press, every time the press gets to watch, when I hear the same names, when the offensive line is saying the same name that the defensive coordinator is saying, that's good news. That's always good news. Whoever is showing up the most consistently, that's a really, really good thing for us. Now, all things considered, they're going against our current offensive line. And you have to take all production by the defensive line with a tiny grain of salt, at least. But Derek Hall, was a, he was a highly recruited um, player. He has been here for a couple of years. So physically, he's ready for the game um assuming that all the guys who are getting a lot of burn right now they they lived up to their potential and they did what the coaches asked them to do in the strength program um for those 7 weeks so there's a lot to be excited about for anybody who is getting a lot of mention right now because that means they did what was asked of them and if they have the the benefit of having experience even if it was under a previous coach or coaching staff If you do what's asked and you're impressing these coaches and you are physically and mentally experienced playing the game, that's good news. That's good news. I expect Derek Hall. What I'm really wondering is, are they going to hold back the defense? Like if, again, we we talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Bo may get the nod to start on a day and in the fall. It's not outside the realm of possibility that he could stink. Like that's a real possibility that he could get out there, that our O-line is under duress because our defensive line can beat them up. That's no problem. And Bo makes some of the same mistakes that he's making, enough of them for Coach Harson to actually talk about what he expects you to do. There would there would be no reason for him to reference Um, we're not going to win every time. Sometimes you got to, you got to throw it away. Like he wouldn't be having that conversation if he was throwing darts and and Bo was going 11 for 11 with two touchdowns in practice. Like that, that doesn't, that conversation doesn't happen if Bo is showing out and lighting it up. Okay. That, those remarks from Harson were clear indications that Bo is still making some of the same mistakes he always made as a starter. And to me, that means, okay, what are you going to do? coach harson if he stinks i want to know what you're gonna do if he stinks because if he stinks i want to see the next guy i want to see shea garnett that that's my best case scenario not that bo necessarily stinks. even if bo doesn't stink but he doesn't play great and shea plays like the second entire second quarter and lights it up that's what i want to happen. i want to see what this coaching staff does when one player clearly outplays the other What do you do? Are you going to stick with your pecking order that you had at the start of practice? Or are you going to say, you know what? He looked really good at the Mm -hmm. end of spring. We're just we got it wide open right now. Nobody's
2: anything. We got it wide open. I think that the dream is, is that whoever wins the number two job just barely lost or or gets the number two spot, just barely lost it so that we're Mm -hmm. in just as capable hands. Right. Right. Um, In case of, you know, uh, again, underperforming or injury or just fit in terms of who we're playing. Um, Corey Weber, uh, uh, thank you for so much, man. Corey's one of our regulars. Uh, uh, all hail Bruce, doing good work. Agreed. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that he it, can bring course. some of that basketball optimism that we have every year um, over to the football field. Um, yeah. And uh, Marion, uh, Matt K., uh, I appreciate the sarcasm in this comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if you watch us, I, ha- I have. I have resigned myself to the fact that Bo is going to start uh, based on interviews that we conducted with staff, with current staff. Um, you know, yeah. it just seems like that's the, that's the plan right now. That's that's how they feel. Uh, but I have no doubt that they'll pull the plug if need be. Um, I don't think we're going to go the Gus route. I think that we're done with that. Uh, that whole, you know, this is going to be this is our guy, uh, mm-hmm. Nigel Powell. Thanks for coming to member, my man. Uh, hey. uh, since since Nigel signed up, I think this is a good time to segue kind of into uh, what we got coming. Uh, chop it up with a pro. If you don't know what this is, um, this is our segment where we uh, talk with uh, former players. And we we're breaking down film. The first one was a and a that we did with Chris Todd. It was a lot of fun uh, due to technical errors. Some of you got to see See that that weren't insiders, but Ike has promised that you will uh, not be able to peek through the blinds on this <laughs> one. Uh, so uh, chop it up with a pro Chris Todd film breakdown coming. Uh, we're actually going to be breaking down film with Chris Todd. He's going to give us his insights on what is supposed to happen uh, on plays that we saw last season and what we hope to see different. So um, I was about
1: to say, somebody just asked when it airs and then they asked
2: this question right here. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, Chop It Up With The Pro is next Thursday. Uh, We do two a month and it's every other Thursday. So um, uh, next Thursday with Chris Todd, not tomorrow, but the next Thursday, right? We uh, will do that at 9 p.m. live and uh, Chris will come on. Uh, This is strictly for you guys. This is engagement for you guys to be able to ask Chris questions and also in the second one of the month, See the film and and, and get a visualization of what we talk about every week on these lives with you guys. So Mm -hmm. uh, we're really honored and blessed to be able to do that. So next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, you have to be an insider to see it. Become an insider. I, 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 I preview you, please. (laughs) So. But you don't have to be there. The
1: question is, you don't have to be there live to see it if you are an insider. So we do post those Chop It Ups in a special playlist specifically for our insiders to be able to view them later. Uh, So if you are not able to make it live, don't worry. We got you. You know, we'll make sure that gets up there. Um, It's just you have to wait for a little bit because... we might have to do some post cleanup. Very
2: little, but if we do have to do something, we'll we'll toss it back up there for you guys. Right. Bob Edwards says they are awesome. How much is needed for the all 22? Bob, one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's So hard to like. So here's the, the reality of the
1: the all twenty-two is it's just really hard to get permission to get it. Um and so we just we're we're trying to work all of the inroads that we have mm-hmm. in, in different places. I've gotten some all twenty-two film for some previous years. Right. Um, But trying to figure out how we can get it for last year, which I don't have yet. And this year coming up is what's going to be the more difficult. Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's not all it's not all money. Right. It's also relationships. I mean, you definitely have to be liked by the right people. So uh, we seem to be headed that direction uh, as you guys continue. But a big part of that is the support that you guys give us by just showing up to watch. So, beside uh, the fact that you guys donate and become insiders, you know, just you viewing our live cast every week uh, and making sure those numbers are up, liking uh, like this if you haven't liked it, and, and making sure that you engage in the comments which puts us one step closer to being able to get the film we need to, to fully break down.
1: Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you get check out our other content while you're there: Facts and all, the Weekend Tailgate, our Player Interview Series, Building Report, Going Strong.
2: All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Uh, Wesley Hilson says, if you haven't seen the Coach Yock series, it's so worth it. Uh, he is an amazing guy, and he yeah. helped produce some amazing teams here at Auburn that we are uh, hoping to see. You know, in under Harson, right? Uh, some of the same. So, um, you know, he talked about if you don't if you didn't know, Jeff Pittman, our current strength and conditioning coach, worked under Coach Yox as a GA. Right. So he comes from the Yox coaching tree, uh, mm-hmm. and that's significant because that man knows his strength and conditioning. Uh, he is a friend of the war rapport. Uh, Walt Taylor's in here. Uh, um, oh, sh- man. man, listen, uh, Walt is, uh, our, is, I, I don't want to say he's my most prominent member, but he, uh, he's been riding with us for a while thinking that Devin Barrett should get the bulk of the carries in a day thoughts. Uh,
1: the bulk of the, I mean, so we, we, we know what we have in tank. I don't think we need to see a ton from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shivers is a known commodity. So I would argue, yeah, Devin probably needs to get the most work out there. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see him if if we are talking about who should get the highest number of carries, Devin is the one that needs to work himself back into shape uh I think every like the thing is though I think everybody's gonna need to see some of that live combat right. um just to make sure that we are able to understand what responsibilities are on different scenarios uh so um, but yeah, so I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys have any thoughts on it, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, a- anybody but Tank, right? Like, I think we know what Tank's <laughs> going to do, so I don't, I don't need to see him tear up A Day, yeah. right? I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just think,
1: yeah, I, I could care less if Tank gets but fi- like five carries and then they're like, all right, you're done. Yeah, go sit yeah, down yeah. somewhere. Do
2: two people and then sit down and don't tear ACL this spring, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Please, yeah. Uh, I think is what we're uh, hoping for. And, and the last thing I want to see is some overzealous defender.
1: I don't think we have back.
0: defenders that are that overzealous, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think they all know what, what Tank is and, and what he's coming for. at the
2: backfield. Put bubble wrap on Tank. I put an orange no-contact jersey on him. I, I do not want to <laughs> see him take any hits this spring. Um, uh, Lance Morgan, uh, appreciate you being here, War Eagle. Uh, just got done watching Mike Nike on The Voice. Good seeing him, boys. Yes, it was really good to be over there with Mark Rogers. So uh, if you haven't seen that video, you can go over to Mark Rogers TV on YouTube and watch the segment we did. We previewed a day and then we talked about, you know, how we feel about the higher um, stuff that you guys have heard us say before. Uh, we just said it over there with, with Mark uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, so uh, be prepared to see us all over YouTube here in the next few months, not just on the yeah. war report channel. Uh, We've got some things in the work. Uh,
0: uh that's a good th- question i got from uh what well, y'all go ahead with that one
2: <laughs> right it says, without caesar asking if you aren't liking and subscribing what are you doing come on listen this he, yeah. he channeled the spirit of caesar when he's not here i appreciate that daniel so um
0: what, what did you say uh court was asking what whatever happened with the status on that that vandy running back we thought he was gonna follow uh mason here but we still haven't heard anything
1: yeah, I don't think that
0: anybody. This is this is an interesting uh, topic of conversation
1: when it comes to the transfer portal, right? So the NCAA just recently changed the rules with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. r- no longer requiring uh, student athletes to sit out a year of eligibility oh, when transferring. They go well, so there, I don't know if it's official or not. I just know that they're making talks about it. I, I haven't seen whether or not it's a real deal, but like, it's an interesting thing. But I was uh, listening to on uh, my morning ride. I listened to a lot of sports commentary and they were talking about how, like the low percentage of transfer athletes that actually find a home when entering the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Like it's, some. Um, like 20% or something goofy like mm-hmm. that where like, I, and I wouldn't have thought that right. like, cause we always we hear about a lot of the marquee four-star, five-star guys when they transfer getting somewhere else. But often a lot of those guys will enter the transfer portal and then have to go to, you know, a junior college or to a division two school, or like, you just don't hear from them again because nobody picks them up out of the portal. If you go and look at transfer portal stuff right now, you'll see there's a lot of people still in there to be had. Right. Um, and it's just that they don't seem to fit anywhere else or the reason why they left is a problem that another school doesn't want to take on yeah. so i think it's really interesting when it comes to transfer portal stuff when you see people who don't end up getting picked up what the backstory behind that is i don't know what the story is on this vandy guy a lot of people have been talking about he still may end up in auburn when it's all said and done right um, if anybody knows the kid it's gonna be our defensive coordinator who right. was his head coach right. right so if that has not happened yet you have to think either we don't want him or he doesn't want to come here. Right. I can't see a third option in there. Right. Um. I mean, maybe, but maybe there's you know a bunch of school he's he's thinking about, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Transfer rule
0: goes into effect this fall, according to Auburn. Sure, so, yeah. 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 If you would think if he was going to transfer, though, you would want to get in for spring for the installation of a new offense, and and that's why think, this smells right. to me because it's like, listen, if you were going to get wherever you're going to go, you would want to go sooner than later. Get some reps, you know, get in front of the coaches, get in the strength program, but to just be in the wind right D now. Playboy D says
1: he's waiting for the SEC, so apparently the SEC is holding this up. I don't even know what that means or <laughs> what that's about. Yeah, but.
2: yeah listen, uh, Playboy D, appreciate you. I see you uh, out there uh, on in the YouTube network holding it down for us. Uh, always appreciate the support. Um, yeah, I think these transfer rules. You know, if, if you listen to our channel, you know I am in Favor of giving student athletes more flexibility because they get sold a lot of uh, uh, lumps of coal by some of these coaches. Yeah, they they don't hold up their end of the bargain. They get fired. They take other jobs, and then the student athlete is just stuck. Right, and I've said it a million times that players commit to coaches over institutions primarily. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So when your coach leaves, or if he lies to you. Yeah. You know, and they don't hold up. You should get uh, uh, you should get a freebie, one freebie to transfer and not have to sit out, waste a year of your life. Because the coach didn't hold up his or the institution didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm really in favor of that, man. Okay, I I see. I see. My bad. I'm seeing. So apparently it was the kind of
1: same situation that was happening before uh, this rule where he didn't want to transfer. And have to sit out a year because the SEC wasn't allowing people to transfer within the conference. That's the same thing that happened. Right. Yeah. That's the same thing that happened with Gatewood. Right. When he was trying to go to Kentucky, they were trying to make him sit out a year. So apparently the SEC was holding this up and he wanted to play
2: immediately. So there you go. There was a third option. Yeah. He should be able to play immediately. And it's complete crap what they do to these kids. So, you know, yeah, it's not it's not fair. I mean, I, I understand, you know,
1: people are like, but, you know, it's not like uh, there is a guy who called into one of the shows. And he's like, it's terrible for college football because, you know, you you're, you stop stop being able to know who's on your team because, OK, this new guy, trans- well, you just pay, pay, pay attention, just no, no, pay right. more attention. to when somebody transfers in and out and you're right. fine, OK, that's uh, you just you just want to not pay attention. I don't think that it makes football necessarily worse. Um, I do think that there are. Uh, those stories that happen of a kid, like, do you think Mac Jones happens at Alabama? If he is one of those, I'm not starting like I thought I should, and he transfers somewhere else, right? He sits behind two guys who were, um, you know, led led Alabama to national titles previously, and then he comes in and he gets his opportunity. Like, do you think that kind of story happens in these places where a kid sits for a couple of years and then he becomes, you know, some star player his junior or senior year? if this transfer portal rule had been in effect longer ago. Like, I don't know if those stories happen, but I do know that we don't get situations like um, LSU that happened a couple of years ago if the transfer portal rule isn't there, right? right? Because you have a kid, or Justin Fields going from Georgia, right? Like you just don't get those types of stories without being people being able to control their own fate and saying, this isn't the right situation for me. Let me go somewhere else so I can actually play. And now, you know, you've got, kids that are going to the league that probably wouldn't have had that same opportunity because they wouldn't have had the same number of snaps or they wouldn't have had the same film out film out yeah. there, or they wouldn't have been playing in the right offense that allowed them to highlight their skills in the right way. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, like Jalen Hurts is an example, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, though he was a prolific quarterback at Alabama, I do think his time at Oklahoma actually catapulted his draft stock a little yeah. bit. A lot, a lot um, of it. <laughs> so, And I'm not saying that uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't get drafted if he doesn't transfer, but do you think his draft stock is hurt if he was the starter and then he gets to be the second fiddle guy for two years behind Tua before he goes to the league or him going to Oklahoma, being able to play immediately and then being in the Heisman conversation Mm -hmm. allows him to now be a draftable quarterback because they can see, okay, you can play in two different conferences, two different systems. You can have a ton of uh, and then. Playing with a quarterback friendly system right. that allows him to put up a bunch of passing numbers. Mm-hmm. I think that that absolutely helps that kid be able to get drafted a little bit higher. Right. So absent of the transfer portal, does Jalen Hurts have that same opportunity? I think right. no. Right. Yeah, I'm all about yeah. the
0: kids doing what's best for them, because if it's still going to be within the rules for a coach to just leave this year and say, all right, I'm going to another job. If you can get off right. the plane, if you can do it. I mean, no offense, what Brian Harson just did. I love boys. I've been here my whole life. Auburn. I'll see y'all later, boys. I'm gonna put on this Auburn house. Okay, well, good. Well, if you can do that, then let the kids do that. That that, that should be right. easy. They aren't even right. getting paid millions. They aren't getting paid five million dollars a year. If you can get paid that much and still just flat change your mind, then at least let them go somewhere that suits their their skills and their right. ambitions and gives them a chance to put whatever they have to offer on display. For their future, they're all, they're already putting up their bodies to to try to chase this profession. Um, um, their their college years to a certain extent are I don't want to say stifled. You can still do stuff other college kids do, but they got a lot of stuff kind of planned. And in like being a college athlete is is still work. It may be fun. Yeah. I, I know it's a lot of fun. I was in college with them, so I know it's a lot of fun. However, listen, man, Mike, I remember distinctly. Mike, G, I don't know if you remember this. So it was my freshman year and your sophomore year. And we were trying to get into a class that was an easy A. Doctor James Brown, Organic Garden, Organic, what?
2: organic you Garden.
0: for the
2: Organic Garden was in that class. Brown. So
0: we didn't have the class, right? So it's the first week, and going in there and like, man, maybe we can get it. I was like, I don't know, Mike. I mean, you know, that was the thing that you just go to the class you're trying to get into because if somebody doesn't show up day one. They get dropped. You go right to the teacher after class. Hey, this is my name. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you have any spots left? And you get in the class. So Mike goes up to the teacher right after. He says, Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually, I need to kind of work around the football team schedule because, you know, I gotta be this, 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 and this, and gotta, you know, practice and all that stuff. And they said, Um, I don't know if you and he was like, <laughs> Mike was like, Okay, if you need the number to so and so and so, I can give you that number, it's no problem. And so I'm standing with them. I just gave my name, like, yeah, <laughs> Brian. That's my name. I forgot all. My- <laughs> and so, yeah. two days later, we check our schedule and we're in this class.
1: We got some organic gardeners in the, <laughs> yeah. in the, um, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Damien was up in there. Oh, my yeah. man, D, what's up, baby? Oh, what's up, oh, on? Organic now? gardeners. Oh, yeah, my God. man.
2: Two hey, days later, Brian Dixon, what's up? So, um, yes, sir. <laughs> listen, we we're in so that so class. Weird. Let me tell y'all asses about organic gardens. We're <laughs> like, gonna segue here for a second. Brian, you started this, right? Like All right. Um. So it was it was it was an interesting time at Auburn. I mean, because I had to film practices, right? Like I had to, I could not take afternoon classes, right? I had to be in the early morning classes with the football players, and uh, I'll I'll say those classes were different. No, I'll just leave that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. uh, you know, Facts. we got <laughs> priority scheduling, mm-hmm. right? Because of, you know, we had to, I had to get to class. I had to get my hours, right? And I had to uh, the film practice. I had to be free by 2 o'clock after uh, 2, 2.30 latest every afternoon and then yeah. scoot all the way over to that athletic department uh, to start to get ready to film practice. And um, it was, I mean, it's a culture built around football. Mm-hmm a lot of it, you know, and what i remember about these these athletes is their lives are so structured for them. Right? Right? Like yeah. they don't they don't get to have they don't get to have a part-time job. You know, when we talk about paying players, i mean, these guys are dead broke most of them. Mm. They can't take their girlfriends on dates. They can't, i mean, they've just got to they've got to go to class, they've got to go to practice, and then right after practice they have to hit study hall. And after study hall, the good players have their asses in their dorm room and in, are in bed by nine o'clock so they can get eight hours at least wake up in the, in the morning and do it all over again. Right. So, I mean, it is it's some fun for the athlete dude. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of structure. Being a student athlete is not all rainbows and daisies like some people think it is. Right. Like, I mean, uh, so, you know, they have to they have to work. They have a lot that's given to help them succeed that the average student does not. Um, but they right. still have to put in the work, man. They still have to show up. And there's an accountability system put in there when they don't show up to study halls and things that are essentially given to them. And that's that's the argument from a lot of people is
1: that the amount of money that is invested into those kids future. Right. Like, you know, they set up, you know, study halls that are just for the players and they're But at the end of the day, those those guys want to make money. Those girls want to make money just like everybody else while they're in college and not be struggling to you know, go somewhere and go get groceries. Like I get it. Yeah, you've got, uh, you know, a cafeteria where you can go and eat that specifically and they're doing the meal preps and stuff go like on. that. But every now and then, yeah, if I say every now and then, no, you want to go and get something on your own. Yeah. Is it okay if I don't wear my uh, sweats that you gave me every day to class? I can go buy my own clothes every now right. and then and wear that to class, right? If I don't come from money, what am I supposed to do to be able to do that as a student athlete? You can't let me, nope. If somebody gives it to me, now all of a sudden we got an NCAA investigation around it. Yeah. So I have to just continue to wear Auburn sweats every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, I, again, I, I'm not, you know, I don't really want to go down the rabbit hole of that conversation too much, but I am definitely in favor of trying to figure out a way that these student athletes
2: can. Full make cost of attendance, right? Yeah. The full cost of attendance. And it's not just a scholarship, right? And, and dorm housing. Right. Like, I, I just think for what they do for the university, for the community and, um, you know, for the athletic department, it's not a whole lot to ask, you know, to give them some sort of stipend that just helps them be able to uh, pays them like a part time job. Yeah. A part time yeah. job. I mean, I had I worked two jobs in college. Right. Like I, I filmed practice yeah. and I worked at the uh, university uh, hotel and conference center mm-hmm. as an AV guy. Right. Like so. You know, and that was just barely to buy books and and eat ramen noodles every day, right? So I can only imagine what it's like as a student athlete. Um, you know, uh, you know, King Dunlap's in here. He says, "Imagine having two kids in college, right?" Man, they <laughs> did it. He did it. Man. Um, and then uh, I uh, I missed a, a comment by <laughs> Dion De- 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 <laughs> says I'm. Yo, um,
1: no, that's yeah, somebody <laughs> mentioned, <somebody laughs> mentioned that the jogging class that was there that was available um that they had up at the student activity I'm dying, center dude. like yeah I'm dying. it was it was a lot of that going on right. but so here he, here's the portion of it that um it you know rounds out the conversation it's like what do you do for the 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 sports where it's that not the money that don't generate the money right um I, I mean, but I think that athletics makes enough money to be able to figure to cover that out cover them, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm too. not saying I don't I don't think you should pay football players at a football institution more money like than you pay uh the soccer players. Like Auburn's football players shouldn't make more than Auburn gymnastics. Everybody just gets a stipend that they're gonna get for being a student athlete because they don't do the scholarships differently right. if you're a scholarship athlete you're a scholarship athlete it's not like well you're a scholarship athlete but for right. you know one of our programs that's not uh nationally ranked so we're only going to pay 75 percent of your tuition right but you know it's it's not a merit based system based upon how much money the the athlete makes for the institution Fact. you come here we pay for your education plus this
2: stipend cool yeah um i will say this you know at the end of the day and when you look at, if we can pay $21 million to fire a guy, you can afford to give these guys a stipend. I, I mean, this is just my feeling about it, right? So, um, And
0: I, and it should make the institutions be a little more choosy about the mm-hmm. contracts they give coaches, which is really where I think some of that money starts coming from, honestly. Instead of yeah. uh, you come in and, hey, he he, he had 11-win 11, 11 season back-to-back. All right, well, let's pay him $6 million a year. Wait a minute, no, no, wait, wait. yeah, Let's pay him $4 million a year. Because we need to make sure we are properly accommodating the players that are out there giving their skin to get us these wins. It, right. The coaches aren't playing. The coaches are necessary. Everybody is necessary. But the kids, blood, bone, sweat, all that, man, to, to, mm-hmm. to get those wins. They need to be compensated. Oh man, I forgot
1: I forgot that Danielle was on the track team. Yep. she just said throw the track and
2: field athletes some money too. Yeah, yeah, my wife right. was, on was on the track team. That's, yeah, that's right. Brian's that's wife right.
1: was on the track team down there. I forgot.
2: Hey, listen, I forgot. listen. Um, uh, King says they had enough money to pay all the athletes. True. For sure. That's not even a question
1: question as to whether or not they can do it. Mm -hmm. It's about whether or not they're willing to do it. it. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't care. I don't want to hear all this crap about they're supposed to be amateurs. And, you know, once you start paying them, they become professionals. Listen, the way that systems are being set up right now you're going to lose your grip on collegiate athletics. Basketball is already starting to lose mm-hmm. it because of the the junior leagues mm-hmm. and um, people being able to go overseas. You're starting to lose talent now. You need to figure this out right. before it gets away from you. And people start figuring out how to pay kids straight out of high school to come do some sort of intermediary program. And then you're not only going to lose um, the talent, you're going to lose out on the opportunity for a lot of these, like the, the quality of your product on the field is going to decrease mm-hmm. because the talent's not there. Number one. Right. And number two, you're going to start to figure out that some of these kids education wise they're just not going to be contributors to society because they skipped college right. right like you're losing your ability to mold young athletes into people who may not be professional athletes but they are going to be people who can contribute well to society that will learn lessons between what they're going to get in the classroom and the environment that they're going to be in the social environment that they're in in school mm-hmm. and the time management that they're required to have because they're required to go to class and go to this and go to that and figure all those things out once you start losing that then you start losing a contribution to your societies right and like this is i think like i said this is a bigger conversation than should a kid get paid to come play a sport right. it, i think it's a bigger conversation yeah yeah so.
2: there are a lot of interesting comments in here um we, we won't have time to address them all but uh, we will be in our comment section after the video so if you don't know A big part of our community is 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 engagement. So after this is over, we can't get to your comment. Please hit the comment section after we will chop it up with you. Uh, Me in particular. uh, I'm not going to put the comment up. I see Dion in here being petty about a bowl I broke in college. Uh, It's real petty, man, bringing putting our stuff out here in front of the company Um, and. We have um, we just got there's more than enough. I will say that there's more. than
1: Yeah, I I disagree with the statement that there will never be a minor league like that. They so there there have been leagues that they have tried to put together. Um, The only reason that they didn't happen is because or didn't stay sustained was more so about attendance but if you can figure out how to get that college athlete into that league if they right. make the rules right. where instead of you getting and I apologize if you are a former player that goes into this league but like players who didn't make it into the NFL if you're put instead of putting those guys in there you're getting more collegiate athletes to go there right. you're getting The fresh face of the new people who can't make it to the league yet and you have now an alternative instead of college football, you absolutely can't have a league like that. And people will pay to go see that because now it becomes a thing for scouts to be able to go to. It becomes a farm league for the NFL. It definitely would work if somebody put the model together for it. Yeah. So I'm, I am I disagree with that whole argument.
2: Yeah, and allow them to develop their bodies a little bit for the beating they're going to take at the, at the exactly. pro level, right? Yeah, so the, right. the extra step might not be a bad thing. Uh, speaking of the pro level, chop it up with a pro. Um, if you're just joining us and you missed the first half of this broadcast, this I need is you to know Thursday. that was a hell of a segue, though. I don't just, just, <laughs> for real, I, just don't I, almost, I almost applaud
0: <laughs> I almost applaud it. was quick,
2: with uh, it too. <laughs> Chop it up with a pro. Uh, you guys are silly. Uh, next Thursday with Chris Todd. Uh, he is going to break down film with us. If you have not seen this, this will be exclusive to Insiders. Uh, if, again, if you have not seen Ike and these former players break down film, it is a thing of beauty. We are all learning a lot from these segments. Become an insider so that you can get access to chop it up with a pro. Five ninety nine will get you there. Uh, if you're on an iPhone, uh, you may have to sign up from a computer or use the desktop version in Safari uh, to see that join button and join us on YouTube next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. We will make these available to review um after it's over. So if you're an insider and you miss it live, you can go back and watch it in our Chop it up with a Pro pay- playlist on our channel. Um our GoFundMe is up. You can find this link in the about section of our YouTube channel. Uh this is a great way to support the work that we do. Uh, uh we had a few super chats tonight. We always appreciate those. YouTube takes 45%, so if you want us to see more of that money, you can hit that GoFundMe. Uh and then the merch store. Uh this is high quality stuff, people. Uh, I wear it every day. You should too get your weight up. Um I got in trouble for saying that uh the get your weight up line would increase your bench by twenty percent. Uh, <laughs> so if you put an extra twenty pounds on your bench and got hurt, I claim exactly zero responsibility for that injury.
0: Yeah. So, somebody's in the in the uh, uh, uh in the gym <laughs> with the, the bar on their neck because you talking about what the <laughs> what the is gonna do. <laughs>
2: Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on
0: YouTube and click Join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. I want. I wanted to wrap up before we get to um, what we're talking about with the ESPN FPI, but um, what, what this transfer rule will actually do is what we're seeing happen in basketball so the basketball season ended we thought all right Sharif could come back another year we got Powell even though he was banged up or had some issues yeah yeah he's gonna come back and be able to be a capable backup point guard or some one one or two position Thor is gonna be back and and then we lose three guys Sharif declares for the draft and Thor might go to the draft and we were like man what the hell and I think that's the scary part of the transfer portal, especially if guys don't have mm-hmm. to wait. You go, we thought we were stacked. You don't know what you have here. You think you know, but you, you don't really know what to expect. But the benefit right. on the flip side for a coach like Bruce Pearl and a program like we have right now is we can get the guys right back because what yeah. we put out there, how we are channeling guys to the league right now, yeah. what you see with players improving year to year, that says, you know what you're doing. I'm going to trust you with my career and I will come and play for you now. Right, right. That's great if you have a coach that is developing the talent, that is producing the wins and has the environment for a kid to develop. If you are that program, we will always be an attractive spot for recruits. So the transfer portal doesn't hurt us. A kid may not have gotten a lot of burn here. Good. Let him go find something else. Maybe he thought he would get a lot. Maybe we thought he would get a lot of burn when we got him. Didn't work out. Sometimes coaches do straight up lie, like you're right. And other times circumstances can, can create that. So it's a good thing if you have a good program. So let's hope and pray that we have the type of coaching program that we think we have from the outside looking in, because it, it would still be good for us. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, so that being said, uh, I want to segue to our last topic of the night here. Um, ESPN released uh their 2021 FPI rankings. And uh here is where we stand. Um Alabama at one uh bunch of SEC teams in there, right? Um uh and we Auburn 16 overall. 16 overall. And I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on on what they feel like that 16 ranking means FPI, Football Power Index is what that stands for. Um so Ike I'm gonna start with you. Sixteen FPI, you alright with what they guys ranked?
1: Um yeah I'm fine. I so I, I think the only thing that's uh somewhat crazy about that ranking is who's ranked above us in a couple of those spots. But um but yeah sixteen overall is not terrible. Um I think that it's probably fair, maybe even a little high because I just don't know that if if this were a uh, an actual ranking to start the year that we have the 16th best team in the country right now, um, we still have a lot that we have to prove with a lot of pieces that we don't exactly know how they're going to pan out. But um is just kind of it's OK. Right. It's nothing great. It's nothing terrible.
0: I'm, I'm OK with it. Yeah. Brian, how do you feel about 16 FBI? It's too high. I, I didn't what? want us on the radar. I wanted us far below the radar. With a lot to prove, I wanted to blow out um, Alabama State and everybody say, ah, it's just Alabama State. I wanted to blow out Akron and everybody say, ah, it's just Akron. I wanted to go to Penn State and shock the world, or yeah, Penn State. So Penn State at eight. I mean, excuse
1: me, at um, Mississippi State at eight and Penn State at Mm ten were actually both shocks to me. Right? Yeah, they were.
0: They were. And so that that's what that's what I wanted to happen. I, I didn't want us getting even that favored. Like a top 20 after the season we just had, with the problems we just had with the changes we we've got. Um, that means that somebody's not sleeping on us as much as I thought they would be. And that's right. a little surprising. So somebody's paying attention um to what we had on the shelves here and and what type of program Harson seems to be building. Um I, I don't know how you to me that's right. Let me say it that way. To me, that's right. That's accurate. I think we finish no worse than the 16 we started at. That, that's right. really why I think we finished.
2: Right. So inside the top 25, if I still saw that correctly, we got six teams in the FPI top 25 on our schedule. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is classic SEC West, you know, uh, conundrum every year. Yeah. yeah. Where you've got all these teams. Now, um, even though we're 16 FPI, they're still projecting our record around seven and five. Right, Um, and that can't be understated. So I think, to me, we went on Mark. We talked about this over um, on Mark Rogers' video. So if you haven't seen that, I posted the link in the community section of our channel, uh, so you can go over and watch that video. We did about a forty-five second, a forty-five minute uh, segment uh, with him, Ike, and I did. And at the end, he asked us about this FPI ranking, and my my thought about it was that this ranking really shows the respect that they have for the talent that we have while acknowledging the schedule, how tough the schedule is. Right. This is a tough schedule. This is a tough schedule this year. So, you know, in conference, you know, we've got what will be a resurgent, I think, Ole Miss offense under Lane Kiffin. They looked very creative and explosive at times last year. You know, you've got Texas A&M steadily on the rise. They've got some things that they have to replace, but if, if Jimbo Fisher can upgrade at quarterback, I'll be interested to see, you know, how they scheme around having to replace what, uh, be correct me if I'm wrong, is almost their entire offensive line. Yes, right? four out of the five at, at least. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, like, who who are your surprises on this, though? Like, so Texas AM above Georgia, like, is,
2: does that feel right to uh, everybody? You know what? It, mm-hmm. it, it I, just, I just think that that's the momentum that Jimbo Fisher has built there. Uh, and that may be a little bit uh, of an o- uh, uh, kind of an overreaction to how they finished last season.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. right. I mean, they had a great season by the numbers. Their only loss was to Alabama, right? So. Um, right. um, I, I think that maybe that's just a little bit of an overreaction to last year's schedule. Now mm-hmm. uh, Georgia has been pretty steady. Uh, Mississippi State is a, is a big what in the entire yeah, actual hell to me, right? Like, uh, I don't know what they think Mike Leach is going to do over there next year. But again, he is a marquee offensive mind in college football, mm-hmm. right? Florida, um, you know, it's just trash. You know, are they going to be able to replace? The production that Trask put up behind what was a very below average offensive line with no running game. Yeah, Yeah. right. So they've got some things that they they got to do right again. Alabama. I like that kid Jones who was the backup there though. Like he he looked like he was going to be. He's not the
1: pure passer that 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 Trask was, and yeah, but he's more athletic. So it's just like you and and I trust the uh, offensive coordinating mind there that will allow
0: them to adjust what they need but they lost a lot of talent their defensive coordinator is big mid that boy is 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 (laughs) burning uh paychecks over there he is uh i I don't want to say whether he is or is not worth his money because i i don't have the acumen to make that judgment but Mm. listen man todd grantham if he was just a a hair better than maybe they're playing in the playoff last year Right. You know, um,
2: uh, I see in the comments here that that we have the number two rated toughest schedule in the country behind Arkansas. Yeah. Right. And this is it, man. This is why when SEC teams go undefeated or have one loss, we make this a no brainer that you make the playoffs. Because when you have to navigate this, especially in the West. Right. Like it's just a no brainer that they make it. Um, So I, I just think. We are, we have a chance. Seven wins is about where I think we're at right now based on how we finished last season. Mm -hmm. Right. Eight wins is a bonus because you, you beat somebody who you lost to last year. Nine wins, you, you, you surprise, you got a surprise win in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And 10 wins means Harson really knows what he's doing in terms of scheme. Right. Like so. It, uh, there is there's room to move there. I don't see how realistically how we beat Alabama without just making a huge jump at the quarterback position this year, right? right. Like I, I just don't see that. I mean, Bo Nix is going to have to have an all SEC type season, or whoever's at quarterback is going to have an all SEC type season for us to really have a chance in that game. Um, uh, or they're going to have to blow it. Yeah, you know they're going to have to lose it more than we're going to have to win it. I mean, and that's just where I'm at right now. I mean, they. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope as the season goes on that that we prove to be more competent than we finished last season. Yeah, right. So sure. Um, you know, I see. Uh, Jonathan Whiteside, appreciate you joining as a member, becoming Welcome. an insider. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope to see you on that chop it up with a pro here or next Thursday. So, um, I, I f this FBI stuff, I mean, it's not an exact science. It's their best right. guess. Based on numbers and statistics and, and things of that nature, but you know Harson is going to be really, um, you know, his multiple offense right is going to be very new to a lot of people because if you're if you're an SEC defensive coordinator and you're scheming for Mike Bobo's offense, good luck. I don't think that's going to help you much this year, right? Uh, right. Some of uh, our um, listeners here really. Hate Mike Bobo's offense, <laughs> right? They really just like Mike Bobo's offense, and I'm yeah. telling you that similar to when Gus was here, he's going to execute Parsons' vision of offense, which I like. You know, it's it, it's flexible. It puts us in a lot of different positions, and and, and you know, it, it it utilizes playmakers in space. So you know, Bo will go under center, or whoever will go under center or some, at some points. I, I just think it's going to be a hard defense to scheme for. Uh, if we can execute it at any level, and it should give us a chance, you know, ball control. To your point, Ike, about um, uh, you know, can we, you know, may on the offense side of the ball, flip the field and keep our defense in good positions, you know, uh, throughout, even if scoring isn't high. Like, put these guys in a position where our defenses are fighting for their lives at the end of every quarter, right? Yeah, because their dog get tired because we're losing time of possession. Yeah. So that's
1: one of the things that uh, is going to be, I think somebody mentioned it earlier when I was talking about, you know, what is going to be a a statistic that you want to see for the defense. What I want to see both offensively and defensively is first downs. Can we limit the number of first downs we give up? And can we stay on the field more than three plays? Right? Like, Number three announce that we have needs to be lower, way lower this year in order for our defense to be not winded by the end of the season. So, uh, decreasing, you know, increasing the number of plays that we can, the, the length of our drives, right? Like we need to have those 10, 12, 14, you know, what I'm saying yard, um, excuse me, uh, down drives. And we need to make sure that our defense is being, you know, at, at most, you know, Six plays. Right. Like just don't have a ton of time on the field where you just kind of get giving ground, giving ground, giving ground, giving ground and then force them into a long field goal or a punt that is right there on the edge or they got to take a fourth down try because they're just inside our 50. Like I just really want to I want to live on their end of the field more this season right. Um and, and stop having to be in the situations where we were, where we're hoping to get a good punt and coverage in order yeah. to the, for the defense to be able to stop them and then we can maybe get a turnover or something on their side and then that's how we end up scoring. We just need to dominate that time of possession and really make impose our will on teams a little bit more than we have been previously.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, 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 I see our friend ACC SSI uh, has come My back. Man. Hey, listen, man, welcome back. Uh, you were real upset last week um, and we're, but we're happy to have you back. Uh, with just a little better O-line, uh, he already has one Iron Bowl win in his pocket. Um, I mean, listen, That's nobody's denying true. that better O-line is going to help, right? I just th- I just think there are a myriad of other problems that need to be solved, right? So don't be surprised if O-line play improves. But uh, we stall out a lot if decision-making is still bad from the QB position. Carson, yeah. Carson acknowledged it. Right. He acknowledged it. He said, "Under pressure, we've got to make better decisions because you are not always going to get a clean pocket in our league. It's just not right. And yeah. and when you look at um the uh, uh under pressure stats for the better quarterbacks in our league, when you blitz them, they completely torch you because when you blitz, somebody should be open." And, and, and that's going to, a lot of that's going to have to do with play calling right. too, right? Like we
1: just, we didn't have play calls that allowed to adjust to fly on blitzes. They didn't give many outlets, but this is going to be the big thing for me. Tank. our Is our run game going to put us in a position where they have to respect it so much mm-hmm. that guys are just out there butt naked yep. and it's just like... Yep you you, you just got to throw it to a guy who's not right. literally not being
2: covered because they're so worried about our run. Game. Right. Or vice versa. Right. Like this is what I was hoping we were going to see after Nick Marshall. Right. What I was hoping we were going to see is, is that um, with a pocket passing QB, that they would have to respect our run, our pass game so much that you could not crowd the line of scrimmage and then our backs would go wide. Mm, right. yeah. You know, when is our pass game going to do something for our running backs for a change? You know, that that's how yeah. I that's how I really feel. I feel like it, it, it's got to work the other way around sometimes in some of these games. Well, that's
1: that that's that's to me is definitely about scheme and offensive line right. play, though. Like if you're not protecting the QB and the scheme doesn't allow you to get those quick opportunities. And I'm not talking about that stupid flare screen that we're doing. Right. You know, that's a part of you know what they're doing in these offenses these days i mean actual scheme stuff where you're matching up your running back or a tight end against a linebacker for a quick whatever you know uh you know and and allowing them to get in space and doing some damage um, in the seam or out in the flat like i that's what i'm talking about about quick plays or even i mean it doesn't have to be a quick it could be a it could be not a draw but a screen right like an actual running back screen or a tight end screen like middle screens you know those are things right now and that coaches are calling right? right a screen towards the middle for a running back or a tight end right it's a, it's a novel concept i know for those of you who've been watching auburn football for the last eight years you can run a screen that's not a wide receiver screen to the outside right. and you have a trip set or yeah. uh, uh, a sacks formation right. there there are other screens available to people
2: um, right? so jonathan we'll jonathan harris says he really likes mike bobo's run game Ke- kevin harris killed us at usc this is factual. This is all the way factual, man. Listen, they ran roughshod over us uh, in that scheme that we went up against, and you know we we did enough to shoot ourselves in 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 the foot during that game. But uh, I just remember thinking, are we going to stop him? Yeah. Now he has tank.
0: Right, exactly, Mm. and
1: I'm loving, And, and that's what I've been saying about Bobo this entire time. Whether you like his play designs. What I do like is how he makes sure that his game plan focuses on the people who he knows are going to be threats. He uh, we will see where Shai Smith ends up getting drafted. Um, but Shai Smith was a star at South Carolina because Mike Bobo knew he was that guy at wide receiver. Right. I'm going to get the ball in his hands. if And he knew Kevin Harris is a dynamic back. I need to make sure we're running this guy. And he did that. So there 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 definitely is room for Bobo as a play caller and a a game planner to execute schemes that are put together for different types of things but he knows when to call the right play at the right time. Right. That's the bigger thing for your offensive coordinator. The scheme that they're putting together for the game comes a lot from your analysts that they're doing. Like, the analysts are doing a lot of the game, film, breakdown, dot, dot, dot. And they're going to come up and figure out together. they put in the playbook together right now in the spring that they're going to try to execute in the fall and right. make sure we understand that. But, like, it doesn't really matter what's in your playbook. Because let's be clear, we heard from former players, they practiced a bunch of stuff at Auburn the last eight years that they never ran on Saturdays, right? So what's in your playbook is irrelevant if the guy who's calling plays on Saturdays isn't actually... Calling the play, so we have to make sure the guy who's calling the plays understands how to beat the team that we're preparing for. And I have confidence that Bobo can call the right plays if they're in the playbook form to Paul, yeah. right? So that's what we're going to be focusing. Yeah. On. Um. But yeah, man. So I'm I'm confident in our ability to do that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting seeing how they 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 scheme here. Um. I see uh, their there are a couple of comments here that make me laugh. Uh, Big Gap uh, says that I'm going to be a Bo fan this year. I certainly hope so. Listen, if he's the guy, why not? Why not? Be his fan? I'm, I'm, not. A, I'm a fan. I'm a fan regardless because I'm an Auburn fan. So I'm I'm rooting for Bo. If he starts the season, I'd like to see him end the season, right? Yeah. Um, uh, if you know, I, I don't want to see us struggling, switching out quarterbacks after four games, still searching for an offensive identity. That's yeah. what I don't want to see. Yeah. So if this is the decision that um, Carson is making. I, I I'm going to trust it right now because he seems aware of at least what needs to be done better, mm-hmm. right? Which means that he'll keep, uh, you know, he'll keep him on a tight leash, man. If he's not doing the things that's being asked of him, right? I think the offensive line will improve this year. I, I I'm confident they'll improve this year. I'm confident that 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 Bow will improve some this year, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't. You know, we don't need him to be, you know what, Mark, Mark Rogers asked us, uh, Ike, uh, what did he ask us? He asked us about uh, what would be an uh, acceptable completion percentage for both. Right. And I just think mid 60s is a reasonable progression for him this year. Right. If he can improve from what has been 58, 59 percent to like 65, 66 percent, I'm good. Because that extra 5% can be the better decisions that he's making that will give us a chance in a lot of games that we you know, have not had a chance in over the last two years. So I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Winning quarterbacks in our league have been in the 70s over the last three yeah. years. Yeah.
1: The, the better quarterbacks in the in the nation are going to be in the 70s. Um, right. But but again, I don't need you to be the best quarterback in the SEC. Somebody talked about Bo Nix was rated out, out of the teams in the top 25 in the FPI of quarterbacks. He was like number 21 of the top 25 quarterbacks. I don't care. I don't care if you are a Heisman contender. Right. And I said this when I talked, uh, you know, we were talking with Mark. I want to see you be in the mid-60s in completion percentage, Thanks. and I want to see your um, your touchdown-to-interception ratio be low. Like, I want it to be a high ratio of touchdowns to interceptions. So take care of the ball and complete the passes that are available there to you. That's all I care about. Right. 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 King is adamant that it should be 70%. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, I thought it 70%. Jump. I'm very happy. I'm just I'm saying. i will buying that. a Bo
2: Nix jersey if he throws the 70%. Is that is that a right. commitment? Plus, is that a promise, Yes, point? 100%. I am buying a Bo Nix jersey. Wait, 100%. Don't change it now. I thought it was 70 No. No, oh, he said 100%. Know. I know. I know. All right, I'm I'll go buy Bo Nix jersey next so week. Y'all
1: heard it here first. If Bo Nix ends the season with a 70% completion percentage, Mike is going to wear a Bo Nix jersey Banks. on so because I'm banking we're going to go to the SEC championship if that happens. Right, right. So he's going to wear it on our preview show for the SEC championship right. game. Bo Nix jersey so y'all go ahead and pony up
2: a few yeah, dollars to make sure that, right. that happens because I don't know
1: if he's going to pay his own money yeah for that. so <laughs> speaking of
2: which our GoFundMe you can find this link in the about <laughs> section of our YouTube channel if you uh, want to see me at a uh-huh, Bo Nick's jersey uh, you can donate there to uh, help make that dream happen if Bo hits 70% completion percentage um well you know we're, uh, we're nearing the end here guys uh, A day's coming uh we uh, so I want to come full circle here for a second you know about um You know, again, what we hope to see uh, uh, is a reminder to our viewers, right? For me, it's just I I just want to see I just want to see development, right? I want to see that guys know their assignments. Um, You know, uh, I want to see the some of the results of this strength and conditioning program that they've been through that they've raved about, right? Uh, There were a lot of comments about Shivers just looking apps like just a ball of muscle, and you know, I just want to see um, that we have a clear plan in terms of the two deep,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? You know, we seemed one deep in a lot of positions, especially offensively. So I want to see how 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 much did they bring along those second string guys, you know, yeah. Um, so that we have a backup. And, you know, the better teams in our league, man, when the starter goes down, it's just next man up and they keep pushing, right? So uh, that's what I want to see, um, you know, and, and then who's number two? Who's number two behind Bo? Right. You know, is it Demetrius Davis? Uh, I'm pulling for this kid. I really like him. Um, I hope we don't have to throw him to the wolves this year. Uh, But I think, you know, uh, he's got a chance to be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks that we've seen here in quite some time. Uh, uh, You know, maybe since, you know, Nick Marshall, Uh, but he's got a chance to be something special.
0: Uh, Brian, what are you, what are you, what are you looking, what are your hopes for A-Day? Shea Garnett. I want to see him play more meaningful snaps than just practice snaps. I want to see him play. I want to see him play against the ones. I I hope that he alternates drives against the first team defense, though, because I want to see equal pairing of, yeah, you may have burned the second team defense. So if if Bo struggles against the first team, but say they put Shea in there and he plays against the second team, then if he shows really well, you know, they can kind of spin it. Oh, well, you know, we expect him to play well against us. No, 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 no. Yes, we understand it will create a controversy and the media and the fan base will go crazy if Bo plays mediocre against the first team and Shea kills it against the first team. But that is the reality. If you have one guy who can competently perform against the same competition that the other guy struggled against, now that's your situation. You're the head coach, so deal with it. Don't protect Bo if Bo isn't playing well enough to get the job done. Don't Don't create optics like this was... Fair and even and it was a, no, okay. If Shay's the better guy, I want to see it. And I'm only saying Shay because he looks the part and he's the more mature of the younger quarterbacks. That's the only reason I'm saying Shay. I'm not excited at all to see Grant Lloyd. And he's gonna take some <laughs> stats from somebody that we really want to see. God bless him. I mean, he's there. We we hope he does well if he gets the chance, but he's gone after this year. We I'm not interested in him. I'm interested. More so in what we got going forward. We know what our cap is for this year. It's nine is is high, even though that's my expectation. Eight is likely. Ten is pie in the sky. So we're not going to win the SEC this year. We're not going to win a national championship this year. So if that's the case, I want to know what next year looks like. and I want to know that this staff set us up to win next year. All right, man. These comments Yo, are hilarious. hilarious!
2: Yeah, I'm dying. Uh, Billy Jones says, "Can we get Gus on here so we can ask some WTF?" Uh, <laughs> really? To watch the film? No. Um. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, you know what, Billy? Uh, I hope one day we're big enough that uh, we can make that happen just for you, my friend. Just for you. Yeah.
1: Um, Yo. So, people have been asking. Let me just go ahead and put this out there. Be will lives in Auburn. Mm-hmm. I am making the trip down to Auburn this weekend. I don't intend to go to the game, but I will be out there wandering around. So if you are not following us on Twitter and or Instagram, then you might not know where I'm gonna pop up because I'm just gonna pop up a couple of places and I'm gonna probably like go live from wherever I'm at and be like, yo, I'm gonna be here. Y'all come holler at me and I'm you know, I'm, try- I'm going to try to have some j- just follow us on social media so you know what's up because I will be down at Auburn this weekend. Right. Uh wandering around campus randomly. So,
2: yeah. Right. So, uh, Ike, uh, closing thoughts. Here on 8A. Yeah,
1: on a day. Yeah, for me, a day again. The trenches. I want to see what it's going to look like. I do really want to see what we are going to be doing. Uh, somebody mentioned this in the the tight end room. Like, I want to see how we're going to be utilizing. Uh, I I forgot who it was that had the quote that said the tight ends are are definitely being used differently now than they ever had been previously. Right. So I want to see what that's going to mm-hmm. look like. Luke
2: deal, um,
1: deal. Yeah, that. Luke Deal. Yeah. So listen, I want to see it. Because I've been, I've we've been hearing about the tight end position for like three years, and then we get into the season, and it's the same old tight end. I'm tired of that. Right. I need to see something else happening with that position. So hopefully, we'll get a chance to see that this year. Um, and I'm just excited to 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 watch from Auburn football, man. I you know, listen, whatever happens, let us be better than last year, and let us uh, go out here and 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 make some people respect us this year. Yeah, absolutely. Listen. Uh- Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me say this one more thing before we go. My bad. Um, we will be doing some game day lives. Um, so we're going to be live 30 minutes prior to kickoff for a day and then we'll do a post game live for you all. So you guys join us here for a little pre game action, little tailgate action for Saturday and a post-game reaction. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday.
2: Absolutely. Listen, uh, so yeah, we'll post that up so that you guys know when it's coming. It'll be on the schedule. Gentlemen, uh, I just want to say thank you one more time to the most amazing subscriber base on YouTube. I really appreciate you guys' engagement and being a part of our community. We're blessed to be here to do this with you. We're signing off as always. War Eagle.